0: hi guys good morning hi Shaloni hi Shanita <laughs> Willie Norma Lanika. Hi how are you I'm good good Okay, I'm gonna let a few, few more of you guys come in before we get started.
1: Okay, Jill, it's good to
0: see you guys. Okay, so I only have one person who submitted a question. So those, for those of you who don't know, um, this is only open live coaching. So when the questions run out, we're done. So I just have one question that's pre-submitted. So if you're just coming in and you know you have questions about anything from weight loss to plant-based nutrition, um, to vitamins and supplements, to um, exercise, to immunity, type it in the chat for me or be prepared to unmute yourself and let me know because once the questions stop we're done this is strictly for you guys i don't prepare um any type of lecture or anything for these live open coaching sessions so i have hey kirsten hey cynthia there's Glenda.
1: hey there <laughs> Hey Lisa, sorry about that. I was having a hard time getting off the mute. <laughs> oh, good. What's going on going on, Kirsten? How are you? I'm good. You?
0: Good. How's your dad?
1: He's doing well. I actually asked him about you uh, a few days ago. So I think he should be checking back in sometime soon. Okay, excellent. And how are are you fully plant-based now? I am mostly. Like I've I, there was some challenges the last few months, but mostly I will say.
2: Okay, I'm what you still
1: holding yeah. on to? Um, it, it mainly, I'm trying to get alternatives for uh, sweets, because that, that's not my main thing. Like, dairy is okay. Meat, I don't have to do it, but it's just like the the processed snack type stuff. I'm trying yeah. to, even to the point where I think I'm going to get a dehydrator, where I can make, like, zucchini chips as opposed to uh, regular chips. Yeah. Know, having, yeah.
0: Yay. I love it. And that's really easy to do too. That's what, um, that's what you do on a, if you were doing like a raw vegan food diet. Dehydrated foods are really, really popular.
1: Okay. Good for you. you and then you
0: can still use um, some of the natural sweeteners. Like if you're baking and stuff, you use maple syrup or dates. Um,
1: okay. And
0: because I don't want you to think that you need to get rid of your sweet tooth because that's not going to happen
1: right, right, right. But we
0: just need to satisfy it differently but definitely get rid of the processed sweets that you buy off the shelf because that has all the colorants in it and the preservatives in it so if you do like as you're slowly backing away from those things try and get your desserts from like a bakery counter you know how you go into like whole foods or you know one of the like plum market or something and they have an actual bakery in-house mm-hmm. try and get sweets from there something that's going to go stale but you don't want anything to have a shelf life Start got
1: it. Got yeah, it. Okay. And then
0: slowly, you know, start making your own stuff. But the dehydrated foods are a great option.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounds
0: good. Sounds All good. All right. So I look forward to hearing from your dad.
1: Okay. Yeah. No. Now, as far as uh questions, are we asking now or is that later?
0: Yeah, type them in the chat for me. So we have a few people who have typed in ahead of you. So I'm going to start with theirs. Okay. And then I'm just going to do the order in which they came in.
1: Sounds good, thank
0: you very much. All right.
1: You're welcome. All right, guys, let's get it.
0: Um, I have one that came in via email and then I have a few, hey Desiree, hey, good to see you. <laughs> um, and then I have a um, few, the, the rest are all in chat. So I am gonna hop on my email real quick and pull this one up, but let me see, because I don't even know if Fanny is on. If you, are, if you submitted a question, but you're not on, I won't answer your question. So if you type it in the chat, make sure you stay on because I only want to answer it if you're here. Okay, so um, Fanny, I don't know if you're here or not. If you're here, Fanny, drop me a a line in the chat and let me know you're here and, and then I'll answer your question so you won't miss it. So guys, let's go ahead real quick and get started. For you, for those of you who don't know, I'm Lisa A. Smith, the founder of the Black Health Academy, and I do this live open session every month. Um, for you all to just come on and get any problems worked out with regard to your health, fitness, um, mental health, psychological fitness every month. So I don't plan a lecture here. Once the questions run out, we're done. This is strictly for you. Whichever one comes first, the end of the questions or 8 p.m. Okay. All right. So um, I don't see Fanny on. She submitted a question via email prior to us hopping on. So I'll wait till she comes on the line before I answer her question. So I'm going to start right here in the chat. So let me pull them up for you guys. Hey everybody. So good to see y'all. Okay. So Glenda, let's see. Question about cooking healthy. Chef Brandy has a potato chip recipe, oil-free and made in the microwave. They are so good. Even though they're healthy, should I still limit how much I eat? They were really good. Okay. First of all, this is uh, really helpful for those of you who maybe you don't have a sweet tooth, but you have a salt tooth and you're like, I can't put down the potato chips and I just feel like I'm eating too much sodium. You could totally make your own okay? Um, and you can um, slice potatoes real thin and crisp them up, and there's a way, great way to do that, oil-free and salt-free. So if you know you are a potato chip junkie and you need some solutions for that, I have a potato chip recipe submitted um, by our very own Chef Brandy, who does a lot of the videos inside of the Black Health Academy. So just let me know if you guys want that and I'll get it out to you. Um, but Glenda, There's always a such thing as eating too much. So remember, just like in class um, and farm to table, we talked about how um, being too alkaline could be just as bad as being too acidic, where the same thing goes with healthy foods. Sometimes we're under the impression that if it's healthy, then I can have as much of it as I want. And no, that's not necessarily true. Just like it's a such thing as drinking too much water, which can be extremely toxic. So um, Glenda, what I would say about the potato chips. Oh, okay. Fanny says she's on Okay, what I will say about the potato chips is um, because they're oil free because they're all that free they're pretty much a go except that because they're potatoes they're um, and well because they're um they're not as high in fiber as we would like them to be. They have some, right, because they're a whole vegetable, but they're not as high in fiber. So I would still be cognizant of how much you're eating, but because they're not deep fried in the saturated fat, which is usually the biggest problem with potato chips, is all the oil clogs your arteries. Um, they're a much better option. You can definitely eat more of them than you would a traditional potato chips, just like if you were to make kale chips, right? They're just better for you in a multitude of ways and then most importantly with those homemade potato chips you're in control of the sodium and so that makes a huge difference as well okay so go for it and something else that I feel like is kind of hidden in between the lines with Glenda's question is this just because something tastes good to you guys, don't start getting weary and nervous because I think sometimes we believe it's not supposed to taste good to us if it's supposed to be good for us. So please understand that something can really taste delicious and still be healthy. So just a just little bonus there, okay? So go for it, Glenda, rock out. Can I add something, Lisa? You can. I made these potato chips
2: and my 18-year-old son I put like I had some leftover and I just put them in a Ziploc bag and I got up the next morning. They were gone. And my 18 year old son had eaten them all up. He said, those potato chips were so good. And I just laughed because no oil, they weren't fried, but he loved them. So I'm yeah. tell you, these chips are good. They're good. Yes. So, so
0: what kind of potatoes
2: did you use? I used Yukon gold potatoes mm-hmm. and oh, they're the- softer. Yeah, and there's a seasoning for barbecue seasoning. Brandy had a, a recipe for barbecue seasoning. Ooh. And there's an, another recipe for ranch. And oh. so I did the plain in the barbecue. And I'm telling you, I, I thought I was going to have some later for a snack. And I came back and my son had eaten all of them.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's a win-win. If you can make a snack that's good for you, that's oil-free, that isn't fried, um, and that the babies love, oh, that's winning. That's winning. Yes. Excellent work. Um, one thing I will tell you, make sure with your potatoes that they're always organic. But yes. Potatoes are a vegetable that we should eat organic because the skin is so thin um, that the herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides are, eat, p- penetrate them much easier. So always try to um, get those uh, potatoes organic. All right. Kathleen says, please share the potato chip recipe. Yes, Kathleen, I got you. Okay, uh, Fanny says she's on, so I'm gonna answer her question and I'm gonna jump back into the chat. All right, Fanny says, What are some good sh- suggestions for items for a 21 day liquid nutrition change? I have to do something drastic like that to get started and stay on track. Okay, Fanny, the first thing I will tell you is this um, you don't necessarily have to do anything that drastic to get started and stay on track. And the reason I don't highly recommend a strictly um, liquid diet unless it's medically necessary is because the way your food metabolizes is different when you chew it, okay? So when we liquefy food in a machine, i.e. a blender or a juicer, um, it takes away our ability to create um, some nitric oxide. That's what happens when we chew, and that nitric oxide is what protects the lining of your arterial walls, called the endothelial cells. Don't worry about all that. All you need to know is this, chewing is extremely beneficial. So if you're trying to get started and you didn't give me much detail, feel free to type it in a chat, Fanny. But when you say you need to do something drastic like that to get started, I don't know what your get started is. Are you getting started with weight loss? Are you getting started with reversing a disease? Are you getting started with trying to, you know, keep something in remission? But I'm just assuming maybe just in general your journey to a healthy lifestyle. But depending on what that get started is, there are a multitude of avenues for you to get there without having to go on a strictly liquid diet. But if you were to go on a strictly liquid diet, let me answer your question directly. Um, what are some good suggestions for items. So here's the thing with a liquid diet, and it's for everybody, just a liquid meal, right? Because some of us like smoothies or juices, maybe your whole day isn't liquid, but you totally have a liquid drink one day, one once or twice a day you want that drink to be pretty much a complete meal which means it contains all the macronutrients proteins carbs and fats so Fanny, some things that i will make staples in your liquids are your seeds like chia hemp or flaxseed. i will also try and include um, some fiber like your like some raw uh, oatmeal and then you want to any liquids whatever you liquefy it with make sure it's a non-dairy unsweetened liquid so let's say it's a Almond milk or coconut milk or hemp milk, make sure that it's unsweetened. Okay, that's the most important thing. Don't add any sugar to these liquids because you're breaking down the fiber you're not chewing the fiber and so you want to make sure that you add that fiber into that liquid um and you're not doing a whole bunch of fruit and stuff where you're not getting enough fiber because you need 25 to 30 grams or more a day of fiber fanny so that's going to be really important as well um so make sure everything is unsweetened and i would include even some almond butters or some nut butters right for a nice dose of extra fiber and protein in there um but You want to definitely avoid any man-made powders, like your protein powders or your green powders. Try and use all whole foods in those uh, liquid meals, if you will, okay? But feel free to type some additional content in the chat that you can add. Or if you want, Fanny, you can take yourself off mute right now and tell me if you need me to expound on anything. Okay. All right. So next question, Shanita. Oh, thank you, Catalina. You are an amazing scholar and your passion shines through. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Shanita, what is the best way to do intermittent fasting? Well... The best, best, best way is to join Farm to Table. My next one starts in July, okay? Farm to Table is my six-week nutrition course where I teach you how to make the transition to a whole food plant-based diet, and we do intermittent fasting in that course. But with regard to fasting, here's the thing not eating and fasting can be two very different things so what that means is you want to be very very intentional about fasting meaning how you go into the fast and how you come out of it is going to be really important so you want to make sure that you don't go into your fasting state and the last thing you consumed was a poison like an alcohol Right, you don't want to go into a fasting state, and the last thing you consumed was something that was high in saturated fat or processed. Let's say like a fast food meal from a drive-through, because all of those toxins will rush into your bloodstream. So make sure that you go into the fast off a healthy whole meal. So as those things break down in your body, they don't cause an adverse effect. And then how you come out of the fast is going to be really important as well. You want to try and and uh, you're talking about intermittent fasting, okay? Because I was going to say if you're talking about multi-day fasting is different intermittent fasting is pretty easy because you're only going to have x amount of hours per day where you're not eating um but when you come out of the fast don't let your brain move faster than than your hunger hormones so make sure you eat slowly because you won't think you're full yet and then your your leptin which is your hormone that tells you you're full will catch up and you will um Unconsciously or unintentionally, should I say, uh, stuff yourself. So, even though you feel like, like in the beginning, you're just now getting used to it, you're going to be hungrier than usual, don't overdo it as you come out of that fast. Also, if you're on any prescription drugs, you may not need to go on a complete fast. You may need to just go on a liquid fast. So, let's say those non eating hours, maybe you're not having any whole foods, but maybe you'll have a smoothie or a juice if you need to take some medications or if you have a pre existing condition. So, be careful with that. Also, I would recommend um, with beginning intermittent fasting that you do an overnight fast. So let's say you start with 12 hours and you stop eating at 9 p.m. and start back at 9 a.m. That'll be easier because the bulk of those hours you're sleeping. Um, If you try and make all of your non-eating hours during the day, you might need to adjust your energy exertion, like, you know, when you work out and stuff like that, because trying to do those things without fuel can take some time before you get adjusted. So be really careful with that as well. Okay. Um, But other than that, the last thing you should know about intermittent fasting is that the optimal amount of hours that you want to go without eating, that's going to give you the most benefit to your body health-wise is 16 hours. So if you're just getting started, don't start with 16 hours, start with maybe 10, 12, 14, and work your way up to 16, because that can be a large bulk of time. Um, And then in those hours that you are eating, please do not consume any refined sugar or a bunch of saturated fat or a bunch of processed foods, because then you run the risk of having nutritional deficiencies because you're only eating for this amount of time and you're not dumping in any, any nutrition in there. So really get in those fruits, those vegetables, those whole grains, those nuts, those seeds, and that water. Okay. All right. Lanika. Okay. Hold on. Fanny has a, let's see. Um, let's see. Raw, raw journey. Oh, okay. Oh, you're going raw, Fanny. Woohoo! All right, raw vegan diet, really, really powerful, has the power to reverse cancer tumors. Like a raw vegan diet is powerful from a medicinal standpoint. And um, just make sure that you're truly eating whole real foods when you're eating. But good job, Fanny. A raw raw journey is amazing and you're going into the time of year that's good to do it. It's harder to go raw in the winter or colder months. So going into the summer season where things are gonna be growing and ripe and you have a way. Way more variety uh, within the plant kingdom is going to be really powerful. So good job, Shanita. What? Oh no, no, Lanika. What is the best way to transition children four year old to a more plant based diet? Uh, the first things first is going to be um, include inclusion. So what can you guys make together? Um, and then using a lot of colors. So having them um, have fun with picking out fruits and then like making smoothies or fruit bowls or you know uh, deciding on things together. So that that activity part. Of it. Um, you will psychologically stimulate them to want to, you know, and consume then the fruits of their labor. So inclusion is going to be important. Um, and then also realizing that you can throw plants into some of their favorite dishes. You don't have to like swap out a dish that they love, like macaroni and cheese, and then make say, no, we're going to eat kale or spinach instead. You don't want that drastic of a change. So try and intersperse. Uh, plants into meals let's say they like soup or something or they like an oatmeal or something like that a hot cereal sneak in like some flax seeds and chia seeds stuff where they can't see it that doesn't really have a taste but they're going to get the benefit starting off right but don't swap a whole meal that they're used to for a whole new uh, meal but also um, make sure you're well that you have a variety of recipes at your disposal so something like the plant-based foodie recipe book or something like that is going to be helpful because there's fun recipes in there I have like like the um, granola bites, right? Those are fun to make. They're going to get their hands all sticky and then they have some sweetness to it, right? So try and make sure you have an arsenal of recipes to choose from. Um, and then just plain old trickery, right? Like literally I've had clients pour uh, non-dairy milk into the regular milk bottle, right? Uh, stuff like that. So whatever you have to do, before, I don't know what you're going to transition them away from first, but if I can make a suggestion, it would be dairy. So get the babies off of any dairy right now if they're still it. It, um, because that's going to increase their chances of having the autoimmune disease, you know, 20 years from now, and um, it's also going to compromise their immune system. So if you're going to tr- if you're going to start with anything, let's say we don't worry about the meat right now, you know, don't worry about that other stuff. Maybe just start with one thing at a time. Focus on the dairy. So find a new way to consume ice cream and butter and yogurt if they like those things. Um, first things first, and then slowly work on those other parts of those animal products. Okay okay thank you so much you're welcome norma what's up lady hi lisa i'm wondering how much i should have to eat prior to my exercise sessions and how long before okay so Norma, this is a good question um but it's it's going to be based on you. So how much you should eat prior to an exercise session could be everything from nothing <laughs> all the way up to a whole meal. There's some people who get really really nauseous when they eat before a workout and they literally throw up. Um and then there's some people who get really really nauseous working out on empty stomach. So me because I do intermittent fasting, I can train and work out with no food, right? Basically I'm using my fuel from the last meal I ate the night before. For today's workout but if you haven't trained your body to push through like that then you could potentially get sick so it's up to you the better question might be what should i eat before a workout because whether or not you have to eat is strictly up to you Um, but you want to try and consume a high fiber carbohydrate so one of my favorites used to be like a piece of whole wheat toast with peanut butter and a half a banana, right? Because those carbs, because I personally like strength training, um, those carbs are gonna fuel my muscles. So when I put my muscles under tension, it's gonna be really important that they have some fuel to feed off of, right? As I push through that workout. And so make sure you're eating, I wouldn't do like a salad before a workout. I would do like a sweet potato and some black beans, something with a nice starch that's gonna really give you that fuel. Even if you're a runner, let's say you're just doing cardio or you're doing a bite, you're going by biking, um, stairmaster, mountain climbing. Um, You're going to want something with a little more starch to it before a workout if you're eating at all. Um, And how long before? I would say within the hour before you work out will be best. Okay, Norma, you're good? Yeah, thank you.
2: Usually I just have a piece of fruit.
0: That's fine. As long as you're doing uh, an intense enough workout. So make sure your workouts are, you know, the intensity level is getting there.
2: Okay. Usually I do that because I thought that maybe I should eat something. I was afraid of not eating and causing a problem, even though much, much, most
0: of the time I feel okay. Okay. But, yeah. yeah you. You're fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. Glenda. So baked goods at a bakery are better than what's in the aisles. Absolutely. Homemade is optimal, right? So if we're, ta- if we're talking like hierarchy here, you know, the lowest, the bottom of the, totem pole It's gonna be those things with a shelf life. So those baked goods that you find in a gas station or in a grocery store, right? Um, that are packaged on the shelf, just waiting for you to buy them. Then the next level would be the things that are in a bakery, right? Because they at least don't have a shelf life. Like if you buy a fresh cookie or a cupcake from a bakery, it's literally going to go stale after a day or two. Why? Because it doesn't have all the food dyes and the preservatives in it that gives it a shelf life. Like so at least we're eliminating some of the chemicals even though all the sugar is still present. But then the next is homemade right because now we're in control of everything we're using a sweetener that metabolizes better we're in control of how much sweetener we're using right and we can guarantee that there's no foreign synthetic um things in that baked good so yes um but if somebody that's on their transition away from these things um then i would definitely like i told kirsten recommend going to the bake the fresh bakery first and then you know, taking your time. And if you're going to go to the fat fresh bakery, make, try and make sure it's vegan. Okay. So that way we are now eliminating the the dairy as well. Um, and you're getting better. Okay. All right. Yes. Desiree said, yes, please. On a potato chip recipe. So what I'll do is I think I'll just send it out to my entire email list. I think I'll do that um let me check with chef brandy i think it's okay but in my recent farm to table class i had her come on and do a cooking demo and she shared with all of my students um some great uh snack recipes and so i'll double check with her guys and make sure it's okay um i don't know if she just wanted that for the farm to table students but if she gives me the green light i'll just send it out to the entire email list okay michelle do you use oil when cooking if so what type and how much so Michelle, I still use a little bit of oil every now and then, but I highly, highly recommend against it if you have a pre-existing condition like heart disease or type 2 diabetes or intracellular lipid disease. So oil, because it's pure fat, there's literally no other nutrients in it. So there's no fiber, there's no vitamins, there's no minerals. It's pure fat. So literally it clogs the arteries and it does not matter what type of oil it is. So a lot of us are like, no, I get the extra, extra virgin, virgin olive olive oil, right? And the dark bottle that cost me 50 bucks, right? And so we're all proud of our bougie oil. Uh, but then we we spend all this money because it's like a cold pressed oil and then we go home and heat it up. So that's a waste because we, we pay, pay all that money because no heat, ha- it hasn't been treated with any heat. So if you are going to buy these expensive oils, they should be used for- um, to dress food, right? Like a a dressing or drizzle for fresh fresh bread. But if you're going to buy these expensive oils that are cold pressed, you don't want to go home and cook with them because that's defeating the purpose. But um, usually my oil and my diet comes from things that are packaged that I can't control that much. So my diet is 80 to 90% label free. And I still have 10 to 20% of things that are, I still buy pre-done. For example, my marinara sauce, like I made lasagna this weekend and I didn't make my marinara sauce from scratch. I bought a bottle a, you know, glass jar of marinara sauce, pasta sauce. Um, and so that had oil and I've never been able to find one that didn't have oil. I can find one that doesn't have any sugar, but I can't find one that doesn't have oil. So oil kind of gets into my diet in those little bit of ways. So which means I really control how much I cook with Michelle. So today, for example, um, I sauteed some kale er- earlier for lunch and I sauteed the kale with low so vegetable broth and liquid aminos so just two liquids right and instead of any oil um, and so I try and use liquids and um, whether it be water or vegetable broth as opposed to um, oil because you're already getting so much in your diet otherwise so you really wanted to watch the oil because again it has no nutrients in it and it literally clogs your arteries so it's lending to heart disease okay Kathleen uh, and Michelle if you're good or if you need more take yourself off mute just hop in
1: Hey, Lisa, I do. This is Michelle. Thank you so much for that. Very helpful. Just a a, a quick additional question. Mm -hmm. Um, do you, so I, so as far as the oil and the, the no added sugar, so do, so what if you can't find the, so you have the oil and then no added sugar or you have the sugar and no oil. So like, how do you determine like, which one do you just not want the added
0: sugar? Yeah. So my non-negotiable is, is the sugar. I don't put sugar. Okay. I, I don't do the sugar. That's my non-negotiable. But okay. depending on somebody's personal condition, like my good friend, Paul Chatlin, who has heart disease, his non-negotiable is the oil. You see what okay. I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it, it's the sugar. So I okay. will buy something packaged that has oil in it before sugar.
2: Okay. All right. Makes sense. Thank you, Lisa.
0: You're welcome. Okay. Kathleen, what fitness options can I adopt with knee arthritis that are high intensity interval training. Okay, Kathleen. So first things first, if you have a knee issue, but you're trying to, you know, work out and do it in a healthy way that doesn't damage your knee, understand a couple things. Number one, uh, just because you feel it doesn't mean you're hurting it, right? And you might not know what you, you still might be scared if you feel like, let's say you do exercise and you feel like your knees and you're like, okay, I don't know if this is good or bad. Because a lot of times when we have things like back issues, we do back exercises and then we're like, okay, am I hurting my back or, or is this good? Is this therapeutic? So you might need to first things first, uh, collaborate with an expert in your area. I know you're in Georgia um, and get a literally a coach, but specifically one who is literally certified in um, some type of physiotherapy or um, um, like injury recovery um, who can help you so you you can't just go to any type of personal trainer you have to go to somebody who is uh, pretty much a subject matter expert and making sure they can build workouts for you around your knee that won't make uh, the arthritis flare up which it usually doesn't so my good friend and colleague who does all the workouts inside of the Black Health Academy has RA she has rheumatoid arthritis um, and she was my first personal trainer and and she still works out right now her uh, her arthritis is mostly in her hands and feet right now but it's it is spread to her legs and so the the, the things that stop her from working out are the Just overall flare ups from stress. So make sure number one, you know, where flare ups come from. Number two, that, you know, if you feel it there, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making matters worse, right? It could be better. So you need an expert to tell you the difference. Um, But then also there are high intensity interval workouts that you can do with body weight, upper body stuff. Um, using modalities like chair yoga or chair strength training, um, using resistance bands instead of um, heavy metal weights are gonna be a better way to get your resistance in. Um, And then when I say body weight stuff, that means you don't have to put any external weight on your knees, right? And so you can work your legs on the ground with your legs straight out doing like leg lifts, right? Or kickbacks, right? Or working your hamstrings, but without any external weight, it's gonna be really important for you more than likely um and then also if you get a good coach or um or somebody who's an expert in this area They'll teach you how to wrap up and direct the blood circulation to a certain part of your body. There's actually tools um, and specialized tape and stuff that you can buy um, that will help uh, the circulation, right? Your vascular system with pushing blood to that area. So it probably would be best to attach yourself to somebody and really invest in a coach. You, Kathleen, you know how I feel about coaching, (laughs) but invest in somebody who is an expert in that that can give you those exercises that make sense for you. Okay but uh, avoid that external weight. Okay. Kirsten, do you see a plant-based doctor for annual check-ins? Nope. Not only do I not see any doctor for annual check-in, I do not have a plant-based doctor, Kirsten. Um, believe it or not, guys, I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't even have a, P, a primary care physician, PCP, uh, anything. I don't believe in just going to the doctor uh, just because I don't do, uh, I do, I, well, I'll take that back. Um, I do for uh, the gynecologist, but not just like in general for like the regular doctor. Right. But I do believe in like the women's health, uh, annual exams. Um, and so, but I know I don't have a regular plant-based doctor for check-ins. Okay.
1: Okay. So if you want to take, like do blood work, how do you keep track of that?
0: Okay. What do you want to do it for?
1: Um, or I mean, in the case, if you don't have a doctor, do you keep track of your numbers? Like, um, uh, uh, I don't know like blood panels that cholesterol and all of that, how would you do that without a doctor? Uh, so I'm not
0: worried about it. So, okay. So <laughs> I don't want to make it. So I don't, I don't need to get them done regularly. Cause it's not something that is a, a caution in my life. Does that make sense? Like I don't have a history of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. So I don't need to get my A1C and all that checked regularly personally. Cause that's something that they usually check. Um, you know now now also even if i didn't have a, a issue with them personally maybe your genetics will Determine that you need to get it done regularly or um maybe you fall in a certain demographic like a certain age range like the, you know how you after a certain age you need to get mammograms and stuff like that so if you're not in a critical period like that where like breast cancer runs in your family or you get into that age where it may show up or it's time for mammograms or anything like that or you have something that you got over and you just need to monitor it and make sure um then you make the own, your own decision but um i have no read, like i don't eat so I don't eat dietary cholesterol, so there's no reason for my cholesterol to be high. Does that make sense? Because your cholesterol is only high if you're eating cholesterol. I don't eat cholesterol because cholesterol only comes from animal products. Um, and so blood pressure, I've never had a history of high blood pressure. And they check blood pressure even when I go to my annual woman's exam, which I did back in like January, right? So they just check my blood pressure. Um, and then the um, any other numbers, I don't i don't need. So I don't have a reason to really get an annual checkout. So but um, if you want a plant-based doctor to find one to do for you, cause I'm not recommending you don't do it. I'm just telling you my personal life, but go to Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. That's PCRM. I don't know if it's .com or .org. So try both but Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM, just Google PCRM. And they actually have created a database on their website and they're still in a process of creating it. So I don't know if it's done where it's like super user friendly, but I know it's on there um, where you can search for a plant-based physician. Got it. Okay.
1: Um, and lastly, how did your raw vegan uh, uh, process go?
0: So I didn't start it. The, the, um, the Buddhist shelf in Highland Park told me not to do it in the wintertime. So I was going to start it at, la- at the end of last fall. And she was raw vegan for mm, upwards of like seven or eight years, I believe. And she said, don't do it in the wintertime. So I didn't.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But
0: I do eat raw food every day intentionally, though. I will say that I do eat raw food every day. I just never went completely raw vegan.
1: Completely. Okay. Because really quick, I am um, like, I'm in the process. I'm, I'm, about to switch to pretty much completely raw because I'm trying to uh I I had the fibroids diagnosis uh recently so I've been researching and seeing where you know everybody that has dissolved fibroids, tumors, etc has all gone raw vegan pretty much or raw mostly like 90% raw and that that's what's been really getting to those things like that so Mm -hmm. I was just wondering about your process because I'm about to try to do that.
0: (laughs) I have a whole uh, book, and I think, um, oh, I don't think she's on today, but one of my farm to table students gave me a book. It's called, uh, I think it's called Becoming Raw um which is yeah she said it's one of the best so and i'll double check the title when we hop off because i don't think i can see it from here but i'll double check the title for you but it's called becoming raw she gave it to me when she heard i was going raw so i would highly invest you know how you um come to my classes and stuff you came to my classes downtown do the same thing with raw vegan, like get more info, right? Don't just try and don't think that raw vegan just means no cooked food, because you got to make okay. sure you get everything you need. You know what I mean? So from a um, con ed, a continuing education standpoint, read a book, take a course, you know, fall in love with somebody on YouTube, whatever you have to do to really study what it means to be raw vegan. Um, But it is very, very medicinal. If you're doing it to reverse or uh, shrink those fibroids, it's gonna be really effective. And Kirsten, you have to, I, I, I don't know if you told me in the past and I forgot, but I didn't remember about fibroids for you. You have to get rid of the sugar. You have to get rid of the sugar. Sugar feeds all tumors, whether they're benign or cancerous. And the fibroid is a tumor. You, you have to get rid of the sugar. So those steps that I told you earlier about go from the shelf to the bakery, that's no longer an option for you. You gotta jump right over to homemade and using natural sweeteners. Okay. Okay, okay. And watch, the, you. if you haven't already, watched the fibroid masterclass we have inside of the Black Health Academy. Okay, got it, I've
1: watched it. Okay, beautiful.
0: Okay, uh, I think I'm on, what's up y'all? Gio, <laughs> okay. Hey Jill, (laughs) I usually make homemade smoothies, but sometimes like to go to Smoothie King or Tropical Smoothie, most of the ingredients do not indicate if there's added sugar. Should I stray away from these types of places? And yes, I also want the recipe for potato chips. Okay, so um, Smoothie King or Tropical Smoothie, I will recommend straying away. If you do go there, um, because a lot of times they use syrups is the issue um and um so it's gonna have um a lot of uh, sugar added to it and sometimes they actually add sugar to the smoothies it'll be like oh let me drop in some agave or drop in all of this right coconut sugar all that stuff so what if you do go to those places Try and do like a DIY smoothie instead of one of the ready-made ones off the menu and make your own with whole fresh fruit. So be like, throw some spinach, some kale in there. Give me one of those bananas. Give me a little of the frozen pineapple. Give me some flax seeds and some hemp seeds in there. So do a DIY and make it yourself and then ask them, like, is all of this going to be made with whole real fresh fruits and produce or are you using any type of syrups? For example, Panera Bread, I don't get smoothies from there anymore. I order like a, a mango something smoothie a while ago as I watched her, make it. I literally watched her. P- pull out this carton of like mango juice and pour it in there. And I clutch my pearl. I literally clutch my pearls because I'm like a (laughs) nutrition Nazi and a food snob. And I'm like, Lord, does she not just peel a mango? And so that really gave me pause, right? Because I can't eat anything. I couldn't read the label on, right? Um, And so to watch her pour mango juice into a mango smoothie really scared me. So just make sure uh, that you're asking them, is this whole fresh food uh, and produce, or are you using some type of syrup or juice? So that's what you want to avoid at those places okay there are some smoothie places that are pretty clean though okay Kathleen. what social emotional strategies can i adopt to stay balanced on a daily basis okay so social emotional strategies, the one, first things first, if you're dealing with emotional eating, um, if you're dealing with, um, the mindset piece of everything, um, you're going to have to attach yourself to a resource to make sure that you have a plan for your psychological fitness. For example, mine is my therapist, right? I see my therapist every two weeks. Um, mine is also my social circle. So I'm very, very, very intentional about the people and the energy of the people I surround myself with, and they keep me balanced as well. So I, I also engage in adult play. So Kathleen, for you, I know specifically you work a lot and your job can be high stress and a lot of overwhelm. And so part of the issue with being an adult <laughs> is that we're always adulting. So what, what you want to do is literally engage or institute some adult play into your life. Because sometimes the social emotional stuff, the psychosocial stuff comes from always being on. Okay. And so the way we are able, sometimes like you do your best work when you step away from the work. Does that make sense? You know how you got to do a paper or do a project and this sometimes step, step stepping away from it and coming back to it that produces the best results. Well, sometimes we need to do the same thing with our emotional status right? Um, And so what adult play works for you? Like me, you know, I love getting together with friends and, you know, playing games. I love going for walks. I love being out in nature. Um, I literally think, I'm not talking about like binge watching TV. I'm literally talking about intentionally um, playing, right? Like, so you can cut everything off and it's all about like the board game, right? Or, you know, maybe it's a book for you or whatever it is, but don't make it something where you're learning or you're trying to be a better person. Like, like strip away all of that, bring your childlike self back into the equation and do the opposite of what it means to be an adult and do that on a weekly, if not a daily basis. But then also if there's bigger things that need to be unpacked, um, that's connected to everything from grief to Um, overwhelmed to self-esteem issues, then for that, and I think you already have one, I think a pretty pretty good therapist that you talked about, make sure those are consistent sessions, but moreover, uh, because I had this struggle as a Black woman, make sure you're being vulnerable in those sessions. It's one thing to say, go to therapy, get a therapy or get a counselor, but you also have to show up and be vulnerable and be willing to need help. If that makes sense. And that's something that for me, that's what took me a while for it to start working for me is that I literally want to go into my sessions with my therapist and have already figured it out in my head before I presented it to her, as opposed to realizing that now I was the client and not the coach. And that also she was there to help me work through it as opposed to me having to show up with a solution. So make sure you are willing to be vulnerable. Okay. All right. Kathleen says, stay away from the dirty dozen. The dirty dozen, um, if you were to look up um, on Google what foods we should buy organic, um, there's going to be something called the dirty dozen. And those those dozen is what you should always buy organic. But I'll tell you my rule around eating organic is you want to consume things organic that have really thin skin that you have Uh, That you're gonna eat. So uh, things like a potato, a tomato, all of your berries—blueberries, strawberries—are all in season right now. And we usually eat the skin on those things. And even if we don't, we peel the skin off. But the skin is so thin on a potato that all the herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides get through. So things with thick skin, I don't necessarily buy organic. So that's my um, bananas, that's my avocados, that's my melon. I buy those organic. But things like my plants or my radishes, I buy organic so that that thin skin makes a huge difference apples always organic potatoes always plants berries always okay all right Jeremy what is good what is a good vegan meal prep company I want to start the journey but don't want don't want know what foods to eat okay so Jeremy as far as national companies so here's the issue i don't know where you are um because i have people locally here in metro detroit who do plant-based meal prep so with not knowing where you are and if you want to let me know take yourself off mute or something real quick uh so we can chat about it
1: let's see yes i'm in detroit we met at the african world festival uh about a year or so ago so I'm, I've been following you ever since and taking your, your good advice. So thank you for offering uh, this session.
0: No, my pleasure. Am, thank you.
1: I am in Detroit, yes.
0: Okay. Okay. So if you're in Detroit, some uh, local meal prep chefs are going to be uh, the kitchen, the Cooking with Q. She's on Woodward and um, the Boulevard okay. and like the new center area. And um, she does vegan meal prep. And you can choose every week how many meals you want. And you can just test it out um, before you commit to long term. But she's really good. Um, And then as far as national brands, one called Daily Harvest is good. It's a plant-based company that will send you smoothies and salads and soups and bowls. Where all you got to do is heat and go. Um, So you don't have to cook anything. You just heat it up and go for it. Um, So uh, that's called the Daily Harvest. That's a good one. Um, And then um, there's a couple more chefs in Metro Detroit, but I got to double check because I'm not sure if Leah from Lit Vegan Kitchen is doing meal prep again because I don't know if she has access to a commercial kitchen. So I'll double check that for you. But I will start with Cooking with Q in Metro Detroit. She's really good. I teach some of my farm to table classes there. Now, if you order some uh, meals from Q, she has a menu every week that she decides on the menu every week because she cooks based on what's in season and things like that. But let her know that you're working with me too. Too, um, because she knows my rules that, you know, I don't want you having any processed vegan food or limited amounts of processed vegan food. So she'll make sure that it's all whole, fresh, real food um, that you're getting on your transition. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Glenda, Lisa, share some good sources of fiber. I'm checking my fiber intake on It, and I'm coming up short on some days, even though I'm eating a lot of vegetables and grains. Okay. So great sources of fiber in the plant-based world are going to come from your legumes first. So your legumes are going to be things like your chickpeas, your split peas, your lentils, right? Uh, Your beans, your nuts and seeds. That's going to give you the biggest punch for fiber, first and foremost, um, and then you throw in things like your um, all of your seeds, your flax chia hemp um but then you throw in things like your nuts and then you also have things like your grains the best grains are going to be like you said the oatmeal brown rice isn't too high in fiber but quinoa is excellent um so uh, that'll be a good grain for you some so so some versatile like legumes and grains that you can do a lot with because let's say you make a, a batch of quinoa you can sprinkle it cold on top of a salad you know or you can use it for um the recipe inside of my recipe book that's the um Greek quinoa salad, oh my God. It's phenomenal so that's like a cold dish because as we get into the hotter months you guys are getting away from soups and chilies right and so something where a grain that you that's versatile where so you can have the if you make the quinoa you'll have the greek quinoa salad but then the next day you'll use the, the same batch of quinoa for the quinoa meat tacos right so something where you can diversify in that way and then you might throw some black beans in those tacos um, um or the chickpea tuna inside my recipe book is great as well so try stick to your leg- legumes um so you're aiming for you know what you're Aiming for 25 to 30 grams. Don't stress yourself out about it. Um, but then your fruit, things that are like in the apple pear family, are going to be higher in fiber. So you know, like the apples, the pears, the plums, um, you know, the plouts, which is a hybrid fruit. Uh, but they're going to be in the higher fiber area uh, as opposed to like your berries or your citrus. Okay. Um, and then with fruit, make sure you're chewing it because when you're blending it, is a very different thing. So eating actually chewing and eating an orange right it's very different from drinking an orange juice you're going to get way more fiber and chewing the flesh so chew flesh as much as possible that's why chewing is so important okay all right okay Kathleen, good idea overnight fast yes makes it much easier ketra ketra or ketra i'm sorry um thanks for hosting this event but my question is i still eat fish eggs and feta but I want to transition to a vegetarian diet, but I'm concerned about getting enough protein. Oh, protein, smotein. So listen, it's so easy to get protein on a plant-based diet uh, because all protein comes from plants. So... When you consume an animal, you're just eating recycled plant protein. Yay. So that's the good news. We're literally cutting out the middleman and all of the saturated fat and disease that comes with eating animals. And you're going to go straight to the source, which are the plants. So um, all you have to do is um, eat a variety of whole foods. So the issue uh, with nutritional deficiencies comes in when we try to consume a lot of done for you things. Um, so if you try and let's say you're saying I'm going to a vegetarian diet and then you start leaning on things in the f- freezer section, like you're like, let me get these veggie burgers and then let me get these fake chicken nuggets. And that's when it becomes a problem. But if you're eating the whole foods and you're like, let me make the veggie burger from scratch with the black beans or, you know, the pinto beans or the grains, right? Then you're going to get all the ki- all the protein and every other vitamin and mineral you need. So don't worry about protein it's the least of your concern. The reason protein is put on a pedestal in this country. Is because it's the building blocks of our DNA. So, amino acids is what literally makes up our genetic material. So, when protein was discovered many, many moons ago, um, they gave it the name Proteus. Um, which is Latin, well, protein is, prote—proteus is Latin for protein, which means of high importance. And that's because it makes up our genetic material. So a lot of us, um, it's been ingrained in our head that where are you gonna get your protein? Where are you gonna get your protein? It will not be an issue from you. You get protein from broccoli and watermelon just as much as you get it from um, your beans, nuts and seeds. So no worries there. I would highly, highly, highly recommend, Keitra, that you get rid of that dairy first and foremost um, and then no eggs next, okay?
1: Okay, thank you.
0: You're welcome. And do not think you need a protein powder. Do not lean on synthetic supplements and powders.
1: Okay. Oh, so I use those in my smoothies.
0: Nope. For what? You don't have a protein deficiency. You do not need a supplement. A supplement should only supplement a diet when you can't get everything you need from your plate. And it's super easy to get what you need from your plate. Those synthetic man-made protein sp- powders and stuff, um, your body don't absorb them. They, they're, they're a bunch of extracts and isolates. So you need to eat the food in it's complete molecular structure. You, you have not, nobody's told you you have, you have a protein deficiency, so there's no need to supplement. Okay. Okay. You're welcome. Desiree, in the farm-to-table class, we discussed acidic and alkalinity. Yes, we did. Can you discuss what happens if the body is too alkaline and what can we do to uh, balance the pH? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, alcolysis alkalosis can happen um, when, number one, if your diet is too alkaline, so you're literally not eating any acidic food. So, for example, in a plant-based diet, grains are acidic. So, sometimes we, uh, a lot of us think acidity means bad, Right. And so we think acidic, bad, alkaline, good, which is completely untrue. Okay. bleach and ammonia is more alkaline than our bodies believe it or not they're not acidic so number one don't think acidity is bad so you get up we get off of a pH balance when we have a diet that's really high in acidic foods or really high in alkaline foods so um, to balance your pH Desiree you want to make sure that you're eliminating um, majority of uh, animal products so your meat your dairy your eggs is going to give you the most acidity in your diet um, and then when you don't consume when you only only consume things like fruits and vegetables and water, then you could be too alkaline, um, which can be detrimental. And so that balance is going to come easily when you make sure you get those grains, nuts, and seeds in addition to the fruits and vegetables on a plant-based diet. The grains, nuts, and seeds are going to be a little more acidic. The fruits and vegetables are going to be a little more alkaline. And then you have, you know, you're drinking your water and in addition to, you know, moving because acidity in your body can also come from prescription drugs or a pre-existing condition, right? So if you have something like that, you a condition that's not being treated with a prescription drug, right? So you can have like acid reflux, for example, but you don't have a prescription for Prilosec, right? Um, that acid reflux, obviously, is gonna make you more acidic or you can be having issues um, with kidney or lungs. So if one of your organs, one of your systems in your body has a lower frequency and is more susceptible to illness, then that can show up as a lowered Uh, a lower lower pH. So making sure that if we eliminate pre-existing conditions, eliminate meds, um, that you are consuming those uh, fruits and vegetables and those grains, nuts, and seeds and that'll balance out your pH. Okay. Kathleen, your wisdom and experience are so valuable. value-add. Thank you. Do you partner with organizations like Black Women's Health Project? So I have... I had an assistant all last year in the top of this year. My assistant works at uh, Atlanta and um, it was her responsibility to make sure that we were developing partnerships with organizations like that. Well, I had to lay my assistant off when the pandemic hit. And so we are now, right now I'm just pretty much, Uh, I, I work with a team of project managers right now. So I have three project managers that work with me and we're working on some other projects. So do I partner with organizations? Yes, I have in the past. And do I currently have any? No. Am I open for them? A thousand percent. Um, and so I will be more than happy to. Um, now, I do partner with organizations to do talks for them. So just like a couple of days ago, I did a talk for Kresge Foundation. I did four last week. Um, and I have a McKeeson Corporation coming up. So I do uh, these or these organizations do book me to speak. Um, but as far as ongoing partnerships now. Okay. Michelle, I often buy the organic spinach or organic mixed greens pre-packaged that indicate triple pre-washed. Do you still wash? Um, I do, by the way, but I often find it gets wilted or goes bad sooner. Any recommendations to help with this? Um, no, I don't re-wash things that say they were double or triple washed. Personally, I don't. But I also buy organic too um, for, those, for those plants, right? Because it's thin skin. Um, but when I do wash fruits and vegetables, um, I will wash them in one part white vinegar, three parts water, okay? To get that extra layer of film off. Now I will wash them, let me take that back. I'll wash them when I'm about to use them. But as far as just washing it all together and putting it back in the fridge, no. Okay, but one part vinegar, three parts water. You good, Michelle? Yep, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Lanika, thanks for dropping that website. Vibrate information, good to know. Preach no sugar, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Glenda, you definitely started something with the potato chip. Thank you for adding to my to-do list and you should probably apply to be my assistant if you're gonna be giving me work. Thanks, sis. <laughs> okay, uh, Norma, the Raw Food Nutrition Handbook is also very good. Thank you, thank you for that. Make sure, Kirsten, you got that resource. Uh, somebody said the Raw Food uh nutrition handbook so grab that out of the comments for yourself okay okay all right cool uh all right hey lanika baby she waving at me okay Lisa I love your recipe but thank you I make most of the recipes the cookie I added some organic cacao powder is that good to use absolutely cacao powder is what cocoa powder is before we process it and so cacao still has all the nutrients and everything intact so it's excellent to use also you can get cacao nibs if you don't want the powder you can get cacao nibs to use in recipes as well they're really good you can find them at most health food stores okay All right. We only got a few more minutes left here, guys. Um, Kathleen, I am thinking of doing a week-long plant-based retreat akin to Hippocrates Institute in Florida. Yes. Uh, Hippocrates, can you recommend a place in Georgia where I can spend the week cooking, learning, meditating, exercising, relaxing, and self-caring? No. The one I know about, Kathleen, is in California and is this place called the Golden Door Spa that is on my list to go. It costs like ten grand a week but I'm I'm going. So, um, it's called the golden door Spa. It's like a complete a hundred percent plant-based retreat where they have extras, everything, literally everything you just named cooking, learning, meditating, exercise, relaxing. So, um, I don't know anything about, I don't know if one in Georgia, but also there are a couple of, um, plant-based, um, there are a couple of plant-based like, um, Excursion like there's plant based cruises and things like that that you can look up that might have a destination spots that they go to and there's this great organization called um, uh, Noir travel, I think Um, and they might be a good resource as well, but I don't know anyone in Georgia. I apologize. Okay, let's see a few more Norma, with respect to going raw, I'm wondering if your private coaching assists with that as I'm looking for some assistance with this going forward. Yes, Norma. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Somebody type in the chat for me really quickly. Just email me, Norma, at hello at lisaangelsmith.com. Hello at lisaangelsmith.com. And let's set you up for a... uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna type a link in the chat for you as well where you could just book a call with me and we can do a consultation to talk about coaching. If anybody needs one-on-one health coaching, you have two options and I'm gonna finish up the questions. You can either um book a call with me on the link I'm about to place in the chat for you and we could talk about getting you one-on-one coaching or you can join my farm my next farm to table course which is going to not starting until like July 14th I'm in the middle of teaching one right now um, and the next one starts July 14th and so that's a six-week course uh which is going to be really beneficial to help you make your transition so either one of those will be great but I just put my link in the chat Go ahead and um, click that link in the chat to book a call with me if you're interested in going deeper in some stuff that we've talked about today. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah, 10k a week. I know. Look, I plan on. Ball. I ball out on my life. I do not play. I, I <laughs> takes no shorts on my health. 10k a week. We we gunning for, it. and we trying to stay two weeks. Did I mention that? <laughs> so I need y'all enrolling in Farm the Table. Okay. So at least I can go on this 10k a week retreat. Okay. Um, let me see let me see uh, okay whey pro- powders contain dairy that's exactly why ray protein powders contain da- dairy but even if you are con- doing a vegan protein powder just know that I don't approve of it okay all right thank you Desiree hey girl hey okay all right yeah hey listen we can you know what if everybody wants to go on this 10k retreat to the golden door spine california let's just get a little group going and then we can call them and say what's your group rate if we can get like five or ten people to go we might be able to drop that thing we buddy up room uh, or we can create our own you know whatever works okay somebody said if they have a two for one special call me why are you playing every business that i go into right now i'd be like so y'all got a quarantine special everybody's trying to make money and they got all these sales that they never would have had so it's the perfect time to start asking about uh them pandemic specials so they try people are trying to move product listen that is two for one might be a real thing at the golden door spot right now okay toya do you have any suggestions for natural brands for hair care oh what a beautiful question look, look at my tresses <laughs> So, listen, I'm all about the natural hair care. So, believe it or not, I make my own hair cream. I make my own um, uh, hair pool. So, let me tell you really quickly. One of the things I do is I buy an aloe vera plant, and I usually just cut it, take the gel, and rub it on my scalp, okay? So, aloe vera for my scalp, and then I top that off with a mixture of castor oil, olive oil, and vitamin E. Okay, so that's what I do before I shampoo my hair. So I let that sit on for like an hour. So aloe vera on my scalp and then on the hair is castor oil, vitamin uh, E and a high quality uh, olive oil because again, we're not heating it up, right? And so um, rub that on my hair before I shampoo it. Then I shampoo with Dr. Bonner's And by the way, this is being recorded, guys. So I'm going to upload it into the Black Health Academy. So if you're missing something or I'm going too fast, you'll be able to watch it again. Um, But then I wash with Dr. Bonner's. I only wash one time because Dr. Bonner's really strips, like it really cleans it. And so I don't want to strip all the oils out of my hair. Um, And then my um, homemade cream is made with um, shea butter, coconut oil, some more vitamin E, a little more castor oil. And that's what I use as a cream, depending on the thickness of your hair determines how creamy and oily your um, your hair cream needs to be. But you seal in oil with water and then the oil. So you have to wet your hair and then put the oil on there. Um, this is when you're styling so that it'll it'll hold. You can't just use like an oil. It's not enough. It needs a sealant. OK, but um, those are those are the products I use. Most of my stuff is homemade. And then when I want to do like a deep under a cap um, conditioning, I use uh, avocado with banana with fenugreek Greek powder with aloe vera juice. Um, and I blend that together and I put it all on my hair under a hot cap for like an hour or two. So again, that's a banana with um, uh, uh, avocado with fenugreek Greek powder, which is like a Greek seasoning. Um, and with aloe vera juice, okay? And so that's for like a deep um, conditioning and then rinse that out, okay? And then when I rinse it out again, I use Dr. Bonner's. Um, Dr. Bonner's, the the peppermint, the blue label is the one I use. I use that for shampoo and body wash, okay? Okay. <clears throat> um, thank you, Glenda. Farm to Table is a great course. Yes, Lisa is a rock star. Y'all stop gassing me up. Now we gotta finish these questions, okay? Thank you, Toya. My hair is beautiful. Thank you. And finally... Natural black owned skincare if you need one. Oh, Andreals. I've never heard of them A black-owned skincare. Okay. Beautiful. I think that's all the questions, guys. You guys are right on time, right at eight o'clock. Yay. Anybody else? If you need to hop off real quick, I mean take yourself off mute and ask me any final questions or anything you want me to cover really quickly. Anybody? Hey Lisa,
2: this is Glenda. Yes.
0: Can hey. you recommend um well
2: I'm looking for a really good chocolate bar? <laughs> like like, do you ever eat chocolate um, like what would you recommend I know really dark like 86% cacao is probably recommended but like yeah. you, you eat when you get that urge to have chocolate
0: why are y'all always trying to make me a sex- accessory to a crime every time y'all be like <laughs> tell me something <laughs> save me so um, when I have I, first of all I'm not a chocolate person just a heads up So I don't get hankerings like the average person. I will tell you one thing about a chocolate craving is that it's usually indicative of a magnesium deficiency. So first and foremost, make sure you got enough magnesium in your diet um, because that's usually, because dark chocolate, chocolate has magnesium in it. So a magnesium deficiency sometimes is is an issue. Um, But what we mentioned earlier, I forgot whose question asked about the cacao nibs is what I use. So I would, if I make my, um, oatmeal cookies in my recipe book. Sometimes I'll put the cacao nibs in there for uh, chocolate flavoring or in a smoothie. And then also my mom makes some muffins and we get these um, dairy-free chocolate chips and they're by a brand called Enjoy Life. Okay. The brand is called Enjoy Life. And I've seen them at like Meyer. You don't have to go necessarily anywhere. And I've seen them at Whole Foods too, but I've also seen them at Meyer. So you shouldn't have to go too far, but um, they are dairy-free chocolate chips. And then you're right, like you said, like a eighty eighty five percent or higher um, dark chocolate is good, regardless of the brand. You guys know I'm not big on promoting brands. Nobody send me a check, but I'll just tell you when you're reading the labels, make sure that it obviously it's dairy free and that you're right. The cacao percentage is high, but also um, a lot of them um, still add sugar. So that's the thing about that, right? I found I found a dark chocolate brand, and I forgot the name of it, but it's an English brand. It's not American. I got it here, but it was. English brand and they didn't have sugar in it um if I find it I'll let you know um but that's that on chocolate yes you're welcome anybody else anything else final 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 questions comments
2: what's the difference between carob and cacao?
0: um carob is a plant um the cacao k- I think they are two separate plants um but I don't know 100% percent for sure but i do know that they're both good they're both a green light but from the uh nutritional makeup of them i don't know what the difference is but i know there is a difference but i i approve both of them
1: okay because some
2: people seem to use the carob um in the recipes instead of the cacao so i was just wondering if it was better
0: Yes, now make sure that both of them are just one ingredient, because I know with carob sometimes they may add additional things to it, so you know, like with the carob syrup, syrup and stuff, so make sure just just one ingredient and it's not extra That's stuff.
2: We'll use. Okay Okay. Very good. Okay.
0: you guys good? Yes. Okay. All right. You guys are so welcome. I'm glad you came on too, Shaloni. I will see you in class tomorrow, though, one time at 7 p.m. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. So guys, if you guys want, okay, Farm to Table starts in July. My virtual Farm to Table class starts in next one in July. We have a phenomenal time in that class. If you need to come get this help, come get it. But also make sure uh, you're watching out for my emails. My next uh, nutritional class, my next free nutritional class is next Saturday whatever day that is the first Saturday in June I think it might be the sixth or something like that but the first Saturday in June I'll be on next Saturday morning from 10 to 12 teaching for you guys. So get registered for that. Bring whoever you need, it's 100% free. I do it every month, every first Saturday. Um, Actually, I think it's starting at 11. I think the virtual one, I moved to 11. When we do it in person, we start at 10. Um, So next Saturday, 11 a.m., that will be a prepared lecture. So it's not gonna be just question and answer. I will be lecturing on a specific topic. That topic will go out in a few days. You just register and we have a phenomenal time, okay? Right, that's it, guys. Bye, y'all. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you.